3: NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with
4: iHeartRadio. It's Wednesday, October 4th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access,
3: the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, who was drafted by the Texans, played five seasons for Houston, took so many sacks as a Texan that his best move was to go to a team that was also already... Black and blue, the Carolina oh, Panthers. Nice. He also rocked the red and gold of San Francisco. We'll talk about them today. And he won his Super Bowl ring with the red, white, and blue of the New York Giants. We talked about them yesterday, whether he liked it or not. This man is David Carr. Welcome back to the pod, DC.
4: It's a trip down memory lane. I have old aches come up as you start to roll through. It's fun. Thanks, man.
3: <laughs> Thanks. I'm your host NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy and on today's show five things you may have missed in week four that's coming up in a moment but first let's slow our breath and my racy pace and indulge David Carr in prepping one single game the game of the week the Cowboys and Niners in San Francisco well Santa Clara actually Levi Stadium Sunday night football now the Niners are favored by three and a half for those of you who care about these things overall series record 19 19 and one. Wow. Something's got to give. Now, Niners have won the last two, both of those, of course, playoff games. David will tell us why the San Francisco 49ers team isn't a football team at all here in a moment. They're a magic trick. Some David Blaine kind of shit that's almost impossible to believe and even harder to figure out. But that's the beauty of this man because David Carr has designed a game plan for the Cowboys that give them the best chance of leaving the Bay with a dub. Let's start there. What is this winning game plan for Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, and this Cowboys offense?
4: Yeah, so that's great. I think that this is a it's such a unique game. Uh, the fact that we're you know getting a chance to see this so early in the season against two teams that are going to be there at the end if they stay healthy is awesome. So matchup wise, you mentioned nineteen and nineteen and one the last you know, however many times they've played. I remember watching this game growing up. This was fantastic. is fantastic. Cowboys Niners is is a good it was as it gets. one of the best, right? One of the best, right? Throughout all year, the catch you go to the '90s and then even currently, like these two teams are going to be really good. So all right, so how does it how does it break down when When you look at this unit, uh, as far as the Dallas Cowboys offense, how do you attack? So it's funny. Jerry Jones, we did our interview with him. You know, we're at training camp. After the interview is over, I'm like, so what are we doing? Like, what's the actual end game? Because he runs everything right there. So he's like, we got to keep Dak healthy and on the field. So he has to get the ball out of his hand to his playmakers. And that told me everything I needed to know about the Dallas Cowboys and their mindset, their philosophy, everything going forward. And what they've done so far, exactly that. Dak's gotten into rhythm, talked to Jason Garrett, actually this summer. He said out of all the guys I've ever coached, this is the one guy that if you, if you spotlight something that he needs to get better at, he instantly goes to work at it, like just tirelessly until he fixes it. And so you can see that Mike McCarthy has said, we're going to take one hitch. We're going to throw it to a, we're gonna take two hitches. It's going to B. by your third hitch, you're out of the pocket or it's checked down. And man, like you can watch him. He's methodically doing that. And they're playing super efficient football. But, and this is the huge but, you're playing a team, a defense, that's not gonna let you do that. They play an offense that does that every day to them. They know X's and O's, West Coast offense. They know your formations and those routes that you're gonna run already. What is it, Tuesday, Wednesday? Like they already know it, right? So you have to do something a little bit different. And what I would say is to win a game like this Dak's going to have to put himself in harm's way a little bit more. Jerry's not going to like not gonna this. not like this, but Jerry wants to win the football game. Yes, he does. Right? And it's it's just one time, right? And there's a couple other com- opponents that you're going to have to face. We can look forward into the playoffs, but Dak's going to have to utilize that running ability. And when you look at, historically, the kryptonite for the 49ers defense, if it has been anything on this earth, it has been a running quarterback, a quarterback that has utilized in the run game, you just look at Jalen Hurts when they play against the 49ers, and what he did to that defense line, what he did to Bosa, what he did to Fred Warner.
1: Yeah,
3: he had them confused. Uh, Certainly the O-line, Lane Johnson, gets a lot of credit for what we saw there. So does Jason uh, Jason Kelsey. But, yes, it sort of forced Fred Warner and Greenlaw and Bosa to make decisions. And in the moment they were making a decision, they were hesitating, and that creates space and that creates opportunity. So you're suggesting that... You're going to run at these guys. You got to. You're do going it. to run at these guys and force them to it's make a decision. What McCarthy
4: wants to do, right? So, like, just utilize Dak in that. And the, the only, the only thing that makes me nervous about this is that I don't know how versed Mike is in that, right? I'm afraid that that may have left the building and is sitting right here in LA with Kellen Moore. Like, that's what I get a little concerned about. But the good thing is, it's all on tape, right? It's all on your laptop. Go dust off some Philly stuff. Go dust off any of this stuff. You can just go back to watch Arizona do it to Micah on your own team. Like You can utilize a lot of this stuff. That's all we do, right? That's all play callers do. They just steal everyone's stuff. So go steal some stuff, put it in, let Fred Warner hesitate a little bit, read, right? Make him slow down a little bit on that backside pursuit. Make Bosa hesitate before he blows up field. The last thing you want to do is just to get in a, oh, we're just going to drop back and go through our reads. Yeah, right, good luck. It's not happening, right? A lot of teams have tried that. I don't care how physically imposing you think you are right it's the Dallas Cowboys you like to bully people San Francisco is the bully of bullies right that's what they do that's what they've done to you historically the last couple of years now your defense was up to the challenge last year offensively you weren't quite there right i'd say the offense needs to take that next step right be a little bit of a bully be physical with them but create a decision and then you got a chance and then then this game's going to be a lot more fun
3: i find this interesting i looked this up and david i'm i'm, I'm scratching my head because let's talk about RPOs if you are, you are putting Dak in an RPO heavy, let's call it, yeah. uh, game plan, force these guys to make decisions and invite them to hesitate. Mm-hmm. So far this season, through four games, yes, Dak has the third most RPO attempts in the NFL, behind only Trevor Lawrence Love it. and Justin Herbert. Love it. So. So it's in the DNA of this Mike McCarthy game plan. You said it yourself. It's what Mike wants to do. And it turns out that he actually is doing it a little bit more maybe than we realize. So the game plan is there. David Carr has it figured out. Mike McCarthy, you have it in the playbook. Use it. That is David's advice. Let's turn to the other side of the field because I teased it earlier. And maybe I've overstated it, but go with me on this. I don't believe that this... Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco 49ers offense, is a football team at all. I believe that they're a magic trick. I believe that this is real next-level illusion. I don't think it's legal, but there you go. Now, we talked about the Miami <laughs> Kyle Dolphins. Kyle already admitted that. We, we, we talked about the Miami Dolphins last week after what we saw them do, and we started to break down – what Mike McDaniel is doing with a Shanahan-type offense, and they were second, I believe, last week before heading into that game that they lost uh, to the Bills. The Miami Dolphins were second in the NFL at pre-snap motion. Who was number one? The San Francisco 49ers. No surprise. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you see in this dizzying offense of the San Francisco 49ers that makes them so difficult nay impossible to figure out and stop
4: talk about your mike mcdaniel's coaching aspect first real quick like he got all his stuff from kyle right so kyle started all this right and that's what's so cool about it is yeah we've seen mike and he's the student but this is the teacher like this is the guy that took his dad's system so i ran his dad's system with gary and with kyle there with mike in the room like it was a lot of boots play action and then all right Dave what's the defense been doing oh he kind of crashed on that last one okay let's boot the next time and that's kind of where it started but this thing has evolved like i mean it's a, it's a it's a magic trick right to use your terminology and it really is and then when you add the component of a Christian McCaffrey who's historically had to run against nine man boxes his entire career and you give him space to operate. Right. And you put a Debo and a George Kittle who loves to block and Debo, who loves to get after it. And then you got a Brandon Ayuk who's probably one of the top five or 10 receivers in the league. And then you got Brock Oh, by the way, who hasn't lost a start right that he's finished. I mean, let's just be real. The kid's playing excellent football inside this Kyle Shanahan read and rip it type of progression system. It's just. It's nearly – and you got Trent Williams who just wants to just destroy everything that he sees. I don't see a weakness on this team, right, other than it, can you get pressure on the quarterback in obvious passing situations. The problem is none of their situations are obvious, right? None of these – like, in my, and Mike Imrob talked about this in our meeting earlier. Like, they'll run out, run personnel, right? But, boom, they explode out into empty sets. And you're like, well, how do we cover these guys? We thought you were going to run the football downhill. Now we're out in this – we're 51 yards spread apart – And now Brock's just got his choice of all pro after all pro. It's brilliant to watch, man. It's uh, it's so fun.
3: Modern football is so amazing. I, I'm in love with what I see from these guys. Yes, the Kyle Shanahans and the Mike McDaniels, and certainly uh, Andy Reid to a degree as well. Mm-hmm. They are not just masters of design. They are, in fact, masters of disguise. What you think is about to happen very rarely does. And, of course, the best defensive coordinators can make the same claim. We're going to show you something before yep. the snap, and we're going to instantly do, uh, morph, morph into Quinn's something good. else. Dan Quinn is good yep. at that. But my question for you with regards to San Francisco is, is can the Cowboys do to San Francisco what the San Francisco 49ers defense that you talked about a moment ago is planning to do to the Cowboys? You called him out. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, let's lose yeah. that title. <laughs> it's, not, it's not appropriate. It hasn't been for a long time. The man has never lost an NFL game that he yes. started Put and finished. Put some respect on yes. the man's name. But the Cowboys' best chance yeah. at beating Brock... In terms of that matchup, the Niners dizzying offense and this Cowboys dominant, turnover-causing defense, mm-hmm. what is their best shot? Yeah. What's their best play to beat Brock for the first time in his regular season career? So
4: as it's, as it's always been in the history of football, and I like to go back to that because Tom Coughlin trained me that way, to just be a historian, right? And it's the same in life, right? Study history. You'll be able to tell what's going to happen in the future. What you have to do if you're the Dallas Cowboys is you – It sounds simple, but you got to stop the run. Like, you have to win. This game is going to be won on first down, right? What happens on first down? Now, Kyle Shanahan is as good as anybody in the league on first down because he realizes that that's where he has to put his team in a position to be able to do whatever he wants to do on second down. You get Kyle Shanahan in second and six, he's the most dangerous thing that's ever walked this earth because you're going to get explosive passes, you're going to get screens, you don't know what you're going to get. But if you can find a way to put him in second and ten, right, get him in a third and long, that's really, it's it's historic football, but that's where you can let Micah unleash. That's where you can put Dan Quinn at his best when he can put Micah Parsons and utilize some of Kyle's magic against him. I can say, you know what? You're going to drop back pass with Brock Purdy? Well, Micah Parsons is playing nose guard now. Good luck blocking him. Now, I know Kyle Shanahan's pass protection schemes. They aren't, they aren't the best, right? They aren't the best against drop back every time scenario, third and eight, like they don't hold up well right so he has to be creative we saw it against Philly last year right they got in some situations That's where they right. had to throw it and some of those decisions to block defensive ends with tight ends sometimes that creativity that he uses it gets it it gets used against you because you're doing so much to smoke and mirrors people you find yourself in, you know, situations where you shouldn't have tight ends on defensive ends. You shouldn't have running backs blocking in the A-gap, which is what they like to do a lot of times in their six-man protection. That running back is in the A-gap. Any stunt happens, now I can see right now happening on Sunday night, a stunt from Micah Parsons on the outside coming into the A-gap and a running back trying to fill that. Now, if it's not Christian McCaffrey, it's someone else, that's, a, that's still a bad matchup for the San Francisco 49ers. And that's a dangerous scenario for Brock Purdy. So, It's going to be one on first down. The down where no one really pays attention, we kind of just, anything happens, just watch what happens down distance-wise. Because if they can get to like a second and eight, right? Advantage, Dallas Cowboys defense.
3: But second and six, second and five. Dangerous. dangerous, dangerous. It's such a
4: small window. But, man, it's like your alarm should be going off. If I was Dan Quinn, I'm playing cover two on second and five every time. Because otherwise, you're going to have gash after gash, big home run ball coming.
3: Looked up some stats, I'm gonna read through them. You tell me which ones sound important uh, to you. Drives that end with a turnover. Now I know you, a student of Tom Coughlin, you had a plan for every snap, you had a plan for every drive, and no plan for any drive that you ever embarked upon ends with a turnover. The Niners and the Cowboys are the two best teams in the NFL at at not giving the ball away. The Niners, 2.4% of their drives end in a turnover. The Cowboys, 2.6% of their drives end in a turnover. Those are the best two numbers in the NFL. Just as another advertisement for how good a game this promises to be Sunday night at Levi Stadium. Dallas, this number surprises me, David. Tell me if you agree. Mm -hmm. 51.6% conversion on third down. Dallas Cowboys, number one in the NFL. That's great.
4: That's having an answer. That's having an answer to the test, knowing where to go with the ball, getting the ball out of your hands, being you know just flawless in your execution. And it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with Jason Garrett and Dak saying, hey, Dak, this is what we're going to do. We're going to rip through progressions. You find the open guy with leverage and get the ball to him. That's what you have to do on third down. And, and obviously, he's doing a really
3: good job of that. And yet, over the last two weeks, the Cowboys are 31st out of 32 teams, second to last, second worst at converting in the red zone. Yep, so that's run you game. You mentioned right. that before. That's run game? It's run game,
4: scheme, and then having a dynamic player, right? So you can either, and we've talked about this a little bit, but it's force in the red zone. You can take it by force. You can take that ground by physically imposing your will on people. That's what the Tennessee Titans, that's what teams historically that can run the football downhill. A lot of the New York Giants when I was there, we'd run the football effectively, right? If you're not going to be able to do that, you got to scheme people up. you got to use smoke and mirrors, right? The Miami Dolphins aren't going to out-physical a lot of teams Teams, Kansas City Chiefs aren't going to out physical out teams, but they're going to smoke and mirrors you, and you're going to get no look shovel passes for touchdowns. If you're not able to do that, you got to have a playmaker. So got you to can have,
3: either do it by force, you can either do it by scheme, or option three is having a playmaker, having a guy like CD Lamb, right? Which is
4: a great component to your offense because if you single him, you're going there, right? I'm throwing the football there. And so I would just challenge Mike McCarthy like, if you really want to advance this thing forward, you got to kind of push the limit a little bit on what you do down there with him. A lot of times when I see them in the red zone, they're still playing, even though they haven't had their horses, Zach Martin, and some of these guys up front, which I think they should have them back this week. They've been playing like they still have them, and they don't. And so they have, they've had bad offensive performances in the red zone because you're trying to take the ground by force when you don't have the capability of doing that. I would say that they lacked a little scheme, and they lacked a little utilization of their, their best player on their offensive unit as far as wide receivers go, CeeDee
3: Lamb. You talked yesterday about a Giants team that's incapable as – and they're not alone Mm -hmm. in long, sustained 10, 12, 14, 15 play drives. One thing that these two teams have in common, the Cowboys – rank first in the NFL in in drive duration over three and a half minutes. The Niners are third in the NFL, three minutes, 15 seconds. Those numbers don't sound gaudy, but in terms of their ranking in the NFL, these are two teams that are distinguishing themselves as being able to do the thing that you think most NFL teams are unable to do, long, sustained drives, which – requires balance, requires execution, requires conversions on third downs. That's right. Average field position, Dallas from their own 32.8, that's second in the NFL. San Francisco from their own 31, that's seventh in the NFL. These are two very good teams. Brock Purdy leads the NFL with a 115.1 passer rating. A lot of people don't think that passer rating amounts to much, but I know that your eye means a lot to me, and you called something out that you saw from Brock Purdy a couple of weeks ago, and you sent it out on the text chain saying, that he has an ability to buy an extra half second to keep his eyes downfield as he's being chased backwards, and in that half second, allow a route to complete itself, to develop. Explain. So just
4: two ways to you know, really play offensive football in the passing game and, and react to blitzes and react to pressure. And one way historically has been if they bring an extra guy, we adjust our route and we throw it to that guy and hopefully he makes enough for the first down or makes enough to keep us on track. The other way to do it is, and I heard this term for the first time when I was in high school from a West Coast offense you know, installer guy that actually his brother lived with John Elway for a little while at Stanford. And so like this thing goes all the way back. It's by time, right? And, and when I first heard that I'm like, okay, you want me to just run away and retreat away from this linebacker running 4-4 And just buy time, like, and then just let the routes develop. We're not going to adjust anything. They don't adjust. Like the routes don't change. If there's pressure, if there's extra bodies, guys are still running their routes. You got to buy time. And Brock's brilliant at that. Like he's really good. And he does something that Eli was actually really, really good at. Is he retreats and he'll buy enough time, and then he won't take a big hit. He'll kind of throw it, turn his back, take a soft landing, and he's able to throw with such great accuracy when he does that. Like that's a really impressive skill. Like anybody can just stand there and play catch and hit a target, but the ability to be retreating and still have the ability to throw the ball with, with accuracy, you know, on back shoulder throws, nice high leverage corners, like 20, 25 yards down the field. He's, he's great at that. And that, that's lost. I think a lot. It, it's why Sean McVay grabbed Matt Stafford to play quarterback for the Rams. Because again, no hots by time, Matt, Make a big-time throw. Now, you would, you would not really say if we watched them throw together on a field that Purdy and Stafford are the same arm talent-wise. But I would argue that Purdy can do the same things because of his ability to kind of be athletic, sneakily slide, buy time to make these throws to these receivers. He has such incredible trust in his guys and Kyle's scheme. Like, he's all in. I can't imagine Brock Purdy ever playing for another football team. He's he's, he's dinged in.
3: a little bit for his arm strength that he doesn't have elite arm yeah, and strength, he doesn't. and he doesn't, yet yeah. what you just described being able to not change the routes, the routes remain they the same. Stay. You're yeah. buying yourself time as you are retreating yep. to be able to then make the throw with routes that have not and adjusted he's, he's back early. towards you. Like he's anticipating means that you have some pretty oh, he's, he's some got some good stuff, pretty man. good arm arms talent if not arm strength Well,
4: so it's like it's like i don't want to like i'm gonna now compare him to joe montana and everyone's gonna oh here we go here we go but joe didn't have a big arm no he didn't exactly he was in the same system it was bill walsh was it's essentially the same type of stuff when you're throwing the football joe joe wasn't throwing hot they were running their routes like buy some time joe and make a throw, falling back. Like, I can go back. Let's look at the catch.
3: Go to the catch. Go to the catch. You're exa- I'm right there with you. Go to the catch, and you see Joe Montana retreating yeah. to his right, no out hots. of the pocket. And he pumps and pumps as a way Buying of what? Buying himself some time. Yep. And then finds Dwight Clark, RIP, so in the back of the end zone.
4: That's Brock Purdy. So congratulations, 49 ers fans. Brock
3: Purdy's... Accuracy may be his superpower. He is third in the NFL right now in completion percentage at 72.3. Dak Prescott, stand up, Cowboys fans, because he's fifth in the NFL at 71.3. He was dinged for his profligacy last year, a very wasteful quarterback, too many interceptions, too many fumbles in too few games. And yet he's really worked on that, like you said. He's a guy that if you point out a mistake, he's going to work harder than anybody else to fix it. Dak Prescott may have done just that. What an advertisement this has been from David Carr for what promises to be the best game of the week and potentially one of the best games of the regular season. It is Sunday night. It is the last game on Sunday. It's at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, and it is the Dallas Cowboys coming in to face the San Francisco 49ers. In any order, the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers belong in the top three teams in the NFC. Philadelphia Eagles, of course, are the third. I defy anybody to tell me that there's a more worthy candidate to break that top three. I guess you could make an argument that— no, you can't. There no, you go. You no, can't make can't, an argument. Right. You, you, you want, you, you want uh, Derek Saints to be in that, yeah, that do, list. Eventually. And by the end of the season, they by may the be. The but currently, they're not. Yep. And I don't think you can find anybody else. Maybe the Detroit Lions. They're probably nope. the ones yep. rolling yep. their yep. eyes saying too. we deserve sure. to be in that.
4: There'll be a lot of teams that are in that, right? And and I think as teams start to find themselves. But those three teams that you mentioned, they they pretty much know who they are. right? They have a good idea.
3: Too early to ask, but let's do it anyway. I wouldn't be surprised if Sunday night's game between the Niners and the Cowboys ends how?
4: with the Niners firmly establishing that they're the best team in the league that's when i look at you know there's a lot of talk that Dallas isn't the same team away from home and they got to play on the grass and it slows them down a little bit and as as good as Dak has been and his numbers are great but it's still relatively early on in their you know their process of turning Dak into this west coast offense guy and they're putting up great numbers. Like I'm not taking anything away from Dallas. Don't, don't hear me saying that. But I know that San Francisco, there's no doubt who they are, right? As a team on both sides of the ball. And Kyle has been doing this an awful lot longer than Mike McCarthy and Dak have been together. And even though Brock is young, kids never lost a game that he started and finished. I don't see him doing that Sunday.
3: Translation, it comes down to identity. You heard David Carr yesterday talk about the Giants' biggest disappointment was not Daniel Jones, was not the efficiency, was not the sacks. It was the lack of an identity. And he pointed to the Seattle Seahawks and says, this is a team as ugly as some of their wins may be. This is a team that knows exactly who they are. Let's skip forward to Sunday. We're talking about a team in San Francisco that knows exactly who they are and a team in Dallas who is trying to figure out what they are. And early signs are good, but that little lack of definition may be the difference. Don't be surprised, David Carr says, if the San Francisco 49ers come out of this game as firmly the team to beat in the NFC.
5: Those are the most obvious. I but let like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials
3: We interrupt this podcast to bring you five things you may have missed in week four in the NFL, and the person who delivers these may-have-missed moments, none other than Bridget Condon. Bridget, welcome back to the show.
2: Thanks for having me. Let's get into it. We got some good stuff this week.
3: Okay, I don't feel like I missed anything in week four, and yet time and time again, you prove me wrong. What did I miss in week four in the NFL?
2: How about the first thing? Sean Payton cutting off the sleeves of his sweatshirt? On the field, he must have asked a trainer or somebody on staff for a pair of scissors. They go over, they chop off like the bottom third of his sleeves. It is so funny. They just are left on the turf, on the grass at the game. I don't know if this was one of those moments where he was like, I need it off. I don't know if it was too tight. Regardless, Sean Payton gets his first win as a head coach with the Broncos and is this something now that he has to do the rest of
3: the Well, I was just going to say, uh, super, so we are all superstitious in the world of sports. As some of you say that you're not, but even those of you who say that you're not, the fact that you're not superstitious is part of your superstitions. Um, and I would suggest, yes, that Deshaun Payton, does he flex now in every game going forward? Is it a mid-game? When, when did this happen? Early in the game? Yeah,
2: I think that it might have been pre-game. Was it
3: particularly hot? I wasn't, I wasn't aware that there was a temperature spike.
2: No, it wasn't particularly hot. It was a nice day in Chicago. I think the bottom, you know, the bottom of your sweatshirt sometimes when it's like drawstring or like cinch, I think it was, I don't know, maybe a little too tight, but isn't this something you work on the night before? You got to have the fit down. Wear the same thing every game. Be a Bill Bill Belichick. Wear the same outfit every Sunday.
3: Well, but you know what? He kind of is channeling his inner Bill Belichick with the cutoff sleeves. And yes, it got him a win. So well done on the flex, Sean Payton. Well done on the, at the time, it seemed unexpected win over the Bears in week four. That's the first thing you may have missed in week four in the NFL. Bridget Condon, what you got for number two?
2: Derrick Henry. Touchdown pass. He threw more touchdowns than Joe Burrow in that game. King Henry is back. The Titans go on to win. Upset the Bengals 27-3. Joe Burrow doesn't score, but hey, we got another person. And <laughs> Derek Henry, he also rushed for a touchdown. Great day for the Titans. They had 400 yards of total offense. And surprisingly, this was Derek Henry's fourth throwing touchdown. Well, I was career. just going to say,
3: Bridget, we have seen this man do this before. And of course... It's the ultimate sort of chess move because you can't plan for it. You're stealing yourself for the onslaught of this unstoppable, immovable force known as Derrick Henry. And then, of course, he just stops short and pops over the top for a touchdown. In fact, we've seen this one before, but let's play that touchdown pass from Derrick Henry right here.
5: Rolling, throwing, Henry, touchdown, Titans! And the Titans go king camp!
3: So Derrick Henry gets his fourth touchdown touchdown pass of his illustrious career. That's the second thing you may have missed in week four. Bridget Condon. take us to number three.
2: Puka Nakua. Puka n- have I just have to like talk to hear about we like say it
3: together? Puka, Puka Nakua. It's, it's fine. Thank you. Go. No, you got it.
2: Look, we have to talk about this guy scored his first career touchdown then how about in the locker room post game, the Rams posted a picture. He had to FaceTime his mom and let her know. Of course he did. If you don't have enough reasons to root for the fifth round pick, him FaceTiming his mom. Oh my goodness! How could you not root for this guy? Nine receptions, 163 yards. His first touchdown, OT winner. He set the NFL record for most receptions and receiving yards in a player's first four career games and get this this was interesting to me he has more receiving yards and receptions than cooper cup had in his first four games of 2021 the year that he won the triple crown
3: i was going to ask you as a follow-up question what must cooper cup be thinking and going through right now because puka nakua is playing in his position now obviously when cooper cup the former triple crown winner as you intimated returns there should be. There can be no expectation that Puka will keep him out of the lineup. But if you're Sean McVeigh, I guess it's a high-class problem to have. But what do you do with a guy who isn't doing anything wrong and yet maybe needs to move? No, I
2: think, I think you just have different plays for both guys you know it's it's expand gonna be expand cha- the playbook sean yeah, McVay. It's gonna be a it's challenge. It's what you do best anyway yeah there you go to have both of them i don't think cooper cup is looking at him like man you're taking my spot i think he's like man i can't wait to play alongside you
3: there you go i love that take and i did miss this by the way puka nakua facetiming his mom in the locker room after his first nfl touchdown kid well done you deserve every bit of attention coming your way you have to this point been simply unstoppable Those are three things you may have missed in week four in the NFL. Let's get to number four. Bridget Condon, what do you got?
2: How about the Colts mascot, Blue? How about the Colts mascot? in the face with our very own Steve Smith. Not a great day for the Colts. Of course, they were the losers in that (laughs) game to the Rams in overtime. But their mascot, Blue, he's a legend. He won the award for NFL mascot of the year last season. Third time winning it. But his signature thing that he does is pie people in the face. He even got our (laughs) own Steve Smith in the action. He, was, he pied someone who was walking around the tunnel right out to the field. Boom! Right in the face. I'm trying to get details on this. I guess the people maybe know that they're about to be pied. But, I mean, not only is this guy the mascot of the year, he also won an... Anchor in the Community Award given to the mascot with the greatest impact on their community. He's a mascot Hall of Famer. Did you know that was a thing?
3: Didn't know that was a thing. Didn't know that he was such an illustrious member of this community. But I got to tell you, as much as if I'm a Colts fan, obviously, I love this guy. But you know what? Do me a favor, mate. Stay out of my face with that pie. That's the fourth (laughs) thing that we may have missed in week four. Bridget, finish strong. What's number five?
2: Amon Ross St. Brown blowing a kiss to the Packer fan who flipped him off after Detroit's huge win. This was awesome. I love the rivalry games, right? They always bring out the best or worst in people. Amon Ross St. Brown had a touchdown in that win on Thursday night against the Packers. The Lions have now won four straight against those Packers. It was a huge divisional win, of course, for the standings. St. Brown, he's walking off of the field at Lambeau, high-fiving all of the Lions fans that stayed. There's one Packer in the fan that flips him off, and he just blows a kiss. I love it, right? To just acknowledge, hey, I don't need to steep like go down to your level and flip you back off or you know, start an argument. I'm just going to kiss. I'm just going to blow a kiss and let my work on the field speak for itself.
3: So Justin Herbert, not the only person uh, middle fingers up in the NFL in week four. <laughs> it turns out that Packers fan uh, did his best to rattle Amon Ross St. Brown, but Amon Ra St. Brown, well, we already know it. He's unrattleable. He's indefatigable, and he was unamused. Uh, last laugh goes to Amon Ra St. Brown. That's five things you may have missed in week four in the NFL. And listener, please continue to do what you have started to do, and we thank you so much for it to send to Bridget Condon at Bridget Condon TV. Things that you think that maybe you were the only one to see in an NFL stadium or in an NFL game. Send it her way. She will share it with us. This has been five things you may have missed in week four. Bridget Condon, thank you so much for stopping by.
2: Thank you. The more you know.
3: Before you go, what game are you covering this week?
2: Patriots Saints oh in God. New England. Okay,
3: can you, can you give us the 30-second elevator pitch on why this may be a game that we cannot miss?
2: There's a lot going on in that Patriots locker room. Mac Jones thinks it's completely his fault. I think there's more issues. There's some injuries. Bill Belichick, one of the best to ever do it. How does he do it against this Saints team with a new fire in their new quarterback, Derek Carr?
3: The return of Alvin Kamara, I think, was, they expected more of a boost from that. They did, of course, take that loss in Week 4, but Saints ready to bounce back and the Patriots with all of their disarray maybe the perfect team to bounce back against. It sounds crazy me saying that. I would never have said that in years past against the Bill Belichick-led team.
2: Both teams fighting. It's going to be a battle.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
5: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot.
3: I want to thank today's very special guest, David Carr. Thank you for stopping by so early this morning. And I want to invite the listener to join us tomorrow when Michael Robinson is the man in the chair. He's got some matchups that he has identified on the Week 5 schedule that you cannot miss. That's tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now.
0: 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
1: You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot.